Kia ora, kia ora, You may not know this, but one in four people in New Zealand live with some sort of disability. And this week's guest knows more about this subject than anyone. At 18, Talitha was diagnosed with a neuromuscular disease. And in this week's show, she goes on to tell all about her story, about her life in New Zealand. She is super inspiring, very, very giving, so generous. You are gonna love this lady. So let's jump on into the show and meet Talitha. Kara, kara, kara. Welcome to the NZ Ahead podcast. Everything you need to know about moving to and living in New Zealand. There's a whole world here. So nice to be with you again. We call Aotearoa on here, bro. We are your hosts, Liz and Brian. Amazing New Zealand in the Southern Seas. See, that's where I belong. That's home. Talitha, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you on here and finally get to chat to you. Thank you, Liz. It's exciting to be here. Wow. We what, have... a, what a privilege to be to meet you and to be here. <laughs> oh, no, no. The privilege is all mine. And I'll tell you why. Because for those people who don't know, and why would you know this? Because you're not psychic. But I met Talitha through, on, on the interweb, on the interweb, we met, we met each other. Talitha reached out to me. I think it was about a year ago, wasn't it? Just before it, just about a year ago. And you reached, you reached out to say hi and that you love the content and that you're a Kiwi and you were just there to support me. And I am not joking. I mean, what we're going to be talking about is, is disabilities in New Zealand. But before we start this conversation, I want to make it clear that I reckon that you are the kindest person in New Zealand. And I just want to say that I want to say that because you have given me so much support in everything that I've ever done. You constantly are there. You send me little messages of smiley, lovely messages. And I just want to say to be speaking to you now on this Zoom call, it it feels great for me. So I just want you to know Uh how appreciative I am of you. Thank you, Liz. I, 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 when watching your podcast, when, <laughs> when, when watching you and Brian and your interactions, and I've, I've followed you right throughout the world basically now. And I, I absolutely just love what you do and how you do it and your interaction with each other and your, uh, your comedy, your your personality, your rawness, your emotion, your 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 just plain humanity. I and then of course you've you've said if anybody wants to just say hi, then just say hi. And I'm like, okay, I'll say hi. So yes. I said hi. And, yes. Uh, yeah. I I I listen to it, and I just. I sit there and I I just laugh and I I feel the emotions. I laugh and I'm sad and I can just place myself in those situations and I I just really enjoy it. So thank I, you for being you and oh, what you do. And thank you for being you. And what I didn't know about you is that you are living with a disability in New Zealand. And when we got chatting and you very kindly offered, look, how would you feel about me coming on the show and just chatting about the disability and what it's like to live with a disability in New Zealand? 
I could not believe my luck. So I was like, not only have I got this lovely person, but I've got, you've got some great value and just, yeah, that we can just share and help people living with disabilities in New Zealand. So could you please just jump on in and tell me about yourself and who you are and yeah, just go for it. I'll sit back and listen. A hundred percent. My name is Talitha. I live in the mid-central region, so in the Tararua area and uh, 27 years ago, at the birth of my son, so 27, almost 28 years ago, I, uh, when he was two weeks old, I experienced uh, a numbing of the top lip, but no, not only a numbing, but a, uh, that was, no, that was at seven months pregnant that I experienced the numbing. At two weeks old, I was talking to, when my son was two weeks old, I was talking to a friend of mine and my mouth, <laughs> and I completely lost my words. I completely lost my ability to talk. And I just started slurring and then I couldn't keep my eyes open and it just happened like that it happened really quite quickly and then and the lady I mean talk about awkward silence the lady was sitting there and we were talking about you know this miraculous lovely horrible birth but we and this this incredible little baby and and how wonderful it is and how interesting it all is and then I'm it's like dead stomach <laughs> anyway so I, I didn't know what was happening, and so I, I waited until my midwife saw me again, and uh, and then I explained to her, and she got the ball rolling. She had seen it before, and uh, it happens to one in 100,000 people, so I didn't know. I was 18. I'd only just turned 18. So, yeah, it was, it was scary. And, uh, yeah, so that was a long time ago. <laughs> Yep. And uh I I did end up uh having to well I, I went overseas and I got formally diagnosed in Holland um with myasthenia gravis and yeah and I came back to New Zealand, went to ICU. Um yeah, I mean that was that's not that's not telling you who I am right now. So no, that, that um, is. But, yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, that is. But I, it, it all started back then. I think who I am today. It started then because I remember sitting in ICU and I had, uh, I didn't have my my baby with me because I went from fully breastfeeding to not seeing my baby at all because I went, I went to. I got flown home from insurance and uh, put at the airport and got told to go home and they will be in contact with me. And then I, and so I went home and they got in contact with me. I went to Wellington. I was living in, uh, in Mochueka at that point. So down in Golden Bay. And they, they didn't realize the severity. I don't think it, what I was at that point at which I, couldn't eat and I hadn't been able to eat for months. I was living on uh, on Complan because it was the only thing, like that liquid food, yeah. uh, because it was the only thing I could eat because I otherwise it would either come out my nose or I would choke it. <laughs> and it's a great party drink. Um, and I, 
<laughs> and I um <laughs> the never ending meal. Um <laughs> and so I I um I, I went to Wellington and I was sitting in ICU. Well, no, laying in ICU on you know, with things all over me. And I remember my my friends and my family were coming in because the doctor had told them and had told me that if I died basically they couldn't save me and I I was to get my affairs in order I don't know what affairs I had at 18 but I you know and so everybody would come in they would sit by my bed and I was on oxygen and and they were like they just sit down and just start crying and I would be like it's okay and at that moment I I thought if I make it out of here alive I'll do something with my life I don't know what it is I I don't know what it what it looks like but if I get out of here well then you can't stop me and that's where it started and I have grasped every inch of life that I can uh I Subsequent, uh, subs, uh, I, I subsequently had another child because the doctor said, you can't have any more children. You are too sick. I had all my hair falling out. I had everything, my, my bone density, everything was, was falling to bits. And I said, and I, <laughs> it was literally just after they took out my thymus gland, which is next to my heart. And so they do open chest surgery and they, uh, which is part of your, immune system which is part of the the condition and they uh and and they said oh well you know you're in here with pneumonia you are breathing on half a lung we need to change your medication and i said i want to have another baby and they said you you don't have time <laughs> and like yeah i do so you know this is the way that i'm going long, long story short i ended up having another baby and uh immediately straight away well you know not that day but uh <laughs> i <laughs> <laughs> I um I went away and I got I got pregnant and straight away uh and I uh I came back and I I ch ended up having the opportunity to change that was the end of my my breeding career <laughs> so I I uh I had my two children at which I raised on my own and with a condition and yeah it was it was incredibly hard and i uh i i did my best but i always looked to where i wanted and what i wanted in life and that was happiness and freedom and 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 not to ever let my disability stop me because my disability was was part of my body it wasn't part of who I am as a person so I never let that stop me and let, never let that define who I was at which point in 2012 so go a few years later to hang on uh, hang on I just yeah. want to, I just want to just I want to clarify something I just want I'm just going to jump in here and clarify yes something. go first of all I need to say you are just so I have never met anyone like you before because you've got this disability but you have this habit of just laughing at yourself constantly and making fun of yourself and it's quite discerning when you're sitting here thinking 
oh no, like, you know, like this is really serious. And there's you going, oh yeah. And everyone was at the side of my bed when I was dying and blah, 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 blah. So the first thing I want to say is I love your sense of humor. You are my kind of girl. I love it. You bring light, not, and you just, I love your energy, Talitha. So I just want to say that. And I just, so I've got it clear in my head. Were you born in New Zealand? I was I was born in New Zealand. Right. My parents, my parents immigrated from the Netherlands. Right. And uh, my dad was a scientist, and him and uh, and mum married. She was seven months pregnant and came over to to New Zealand. And I I I don't know how they did it. Really, watching one of your last podcasts talking about a person who immigrated coming over, I was listening to that, thinking, "Oh, they didn't speak English. My dad didn't speak English. My mum spoke a little bit of English. You know, just what she learned at school. She was pregnant. She didn't know anyone. How did it so was, difficult?" she was they they lived in lauder which is basically two people made up of them <laughs> and <laughs> it, it, it's just you know i really admire people who come over and and really uproot their life and their social circle and come over to to another place that they have hopes and dreams of mm. creating a new life in and yeah i mean how how precious is that it is it is it's it's absolutely admirable i feel the same it's like you just you hear these stories and you realize wow we thought i i thought i had it bad and i was speaking english and all the rest of it like you say you come over from a, a foreign country and start again no internet no this no that no communication it must have been tough so here you are, you're born in New Zealand, you get to be 18, you fall pregnant with your son, and you have this terrible, terrible experience when he's two weeks old that you suddenly realize things aren't right, um, facial paralysis and- Full body paralysis. Full body so paralysis. I couldn't move my hands, I was changing oh. nappies like that, I, like my whole- face was down I couldn't open my eyes I I was driving like this just to hold my eyelids up and I uh, probably shouldn't have but you know yeah it is. yeah and yeah it was uh something that I didn't know and there was there was not the information out there that I uh, you know internet was still dial up <laughs> yeah so, uh, there wasn't the information on the internet that you actually needed to be useful. Uh, so in 2012, I made a commitment after trying to find a support group for my condition and I, I couldn't find one. I asked around the place and I couldn't find one. It was suggested by somebody that if... If I wanted one, why didn't I start one myself? So I did. And I put myself out there quite publicly and little by little, uh, subsequently for the last 10, 11 years, I've been building up a network around New Zealand of people who need support with the onset and the diagnosis and the ongoing life challenges of myasthenia gravis and that is I just I some people just come in and want to know a little bit of information and I will give them 
as much as I know, as much as I've prepared, I've got some branded gear, I've got some bits and pieces, I've got a, a book of little bits and pieces that I've put together. Uh, I've written a children's book for for children to understand what's happening with their with their parent. And I I it really is just a guideline to what I would have wanted at that stage. Mm. So they can get their families and friends together and say, here, this is what it is. And now as a family unit, what are we going to do? And then, yep. Go on. And then they may not ever come back to me for anything else, which is absolutely fine. But it just gives them a kickstart to say, here is something you're not alone. Right. So I want to come back to that in a minute, the fact that you're doing this as a business, but still I'm interested in your story. So you come back to New Zealand, you're, you're, you, you, you went over to see us to your family, I assume, yep. you came back to New Zealand, you were diagnosed with, I'm going to try and say it right, myasthenia gravis, Yep. so a neuromuscular disease. Is Correct. that is that a common disease in New Zealand, in the world? How many people have got this disease? In New Zealand, statistically, it's still one in 100,000. In other countries, because it's a little bit more well-known in some areas, it can be up to 14 to 20 in 100,000, but it is still classified as very, very rare. Right. Okay, so it's a very rare disease. So you've got no support. You've got no information. There's no internet. There's no groups. From when you were diagnosed, first of all, let me just ask, I need to know this. How do you treat this disease? What what happens so you don't die? What do they do to keep you alive? And and what, you know, I, I don't mean, to, but you, you are living a normal life and you're a very normal, you know, vibrant, alive lady. How are you doing that? I'm very medicated. Right. Uh, I take a, and every now and then, every, every, every now and then, uh, every few years or every a little bit more often lately you go into you have a relapse and you there's no there's no telling what what will trigger it it might be extra stress it might be anything uh, it might be just what your body wants to do that time and it and, and it goes into a full relapse and then I have to go into hospital and uh, and receive life-saving um uh, immunoglobulin which is the pure protein out of the immunity that people give when they donate plasma right and yeah there there can be in one 200 mil uh bottle that i get three of and in any sitting or three and a half or four or whatever in any sitting and i have five of those per day five you know five three bottles in one of those bottles which is 200 mils there can be anywhere up to 1500 blood donations so it's incredible yes it is (laughs) it's insane oh thank you to the people that donate blood thank you thank you thank you we love you thank you so it is because of them i'm sitting here basically that they have saved my life incredible over over again like yeah many many times so I want to jump in in a minute. Yes. I want to jump in because I can see that you're you you just want to jump into the life in New Zealand with disabilities. But I'm still very interested in in your story and just you you're an inspiring, incredibly inspiring woman. And I can tell that you're your typical Kiwi. You're like, oh no no no, that's nothing. I'm I'm just I'm just doing what I was here to do. But I, I'm not letting this go, Talitha. You're okay. 
incredibly inspiring woman. And so you are there and you're laying there and you think when I get out of here one day, when I'm in a position to be able to do so, I'm going to go on and I'm going to help other people in New Zealand with this disability. Is that right? Correct. I uh, that came over time when I when I was in the hospital. I got to meet subsequently over the over the time of hospital stays and stuff. Uh, you you get admitted into hospital again and again and again and again. And then, and of course, it's so rare that the nurses came in and they said, they were like, oh, we had somebody else with MG here now. So they would put you in the same room together. And they were like, oh, oh you guys can meet, you know. And it was quite cute. But I found that a, a lot of people, and I did get to go when I went over to the UK. I, I went and I met other people with the same condition. But I felt that there was... A lot of negativity around the around the the conditions description, and the way that people would would verbalise their experience of having the condition. And to me, I'm not a pessimist; I'm an optimist. And I always say, "So, what good about it? What what is what is what can we learn from this experience?" And uh, it that framed my my transition into going into forming this group into not a woe is me but okay so I I have this condition but it doesn't define who I am it doesn't define how how my brain thinks about life and what I can contribute towards life so I have challenges now in life that I I need to pace myself I need to be medicated I need to have help I need to have have things around me. I have a scooter that I use when my legs don't work. And I, but that doesn't stop me getting out. I, I mean, we, we come to present day. I live my dream, my dream life, my dream job. I work in this area. I've created uh, MGNZ, which I, I don't, get money for that I, I pay that I pay for everything that I do in that I yeah anybody who has donated towards that it goes a hundred percent into into supporting other people with it and I that is my commitment is uh, I have something I have an experience I have a life of this and I have been in the situation where I did not know what uh what was going on and scared yeah. I didn't have my but by that stage my mother had gone back to uh back to the Netherlands and I didn't have family or anybody around that that I could really talk to about this and be actively supportive so I became my own advocate and but in an empowering way, I didn't. I didn't want to cause negativity on it because that negativity spirals into more negativity, and I didn't want. I don't want that in my life. I don't have the. I don't have the time or the energy to put into negativity. <laughs> yeah. So I. Yeah. I. And it uh, shows. It shows so much. Like I say, you, it it radiates from you absolutely, and it's contagious. And so I can't think of anyone better that if I was diagnosed with this 
condition, I would want you who I was calling up or going on your website or having visits from or whatever to be, to be, I, I can't think of anything better. I really can't. That's what it's for. I mean, I'm there all the time. I'm there for anybody who, who has that, but I mean, it, it doesn't just stop there because uh, in my, in my normal I mean that's that's my life commitment for that. That so is. Is that, that your is, job? Is that what you're doing no. as a job now? Right. What is your what do you do as a job? I work I work as a field worker for the Muscular Dystrophy Association that entitles seventy conditions under their umbrella. So and one of them is mine. Mm. So I I get the opportunity to talk to uh, to people with a range of experiences of different disabilities and I I talk to them as a member of the muscular dystrophy as well as a field worker and I can offer them support and advocacy and uh, an understanding of, of lived experience. What does a field so, worker do? What does what do, what does your daily what would you do in your job? What is that? What would you do? I would uh, go and visit people in their homes or we or anywhere really uh, and go and I've got an area in the country that I that I'm responsible for and that is uh, if somebody is diagnosed with one of these conditions I'll go in and I will go and uh, sit with them and talk to them and try and help them with anything that they, require I mean the scope is massive that I it just depends on where they are and what they're doing and how what their dreams are and uh and and where they see themselves so and I try and help with that yeah. any way we can so are you uh, like a counselor or do you do like because I remember you saying to me that you sometimes take people to the shops and get their groceries with them so is well, it like I, a carer no, no, it's not a carer. I uh, I do things like that if I, um, if that is that's not within my job description to do that. But I will I will do that if that's the way that they want to talk. If that's if that's what will help them talk and open up, then we will do that. Then uh, it's it's about finding the need and. Uh, and working with what it is that they require because the scope is so big. Mm. So, I mean, two people completely different. Um, I look at things more holistically. Uh, so I, I like to look at, you know, their environment, their headspace, their, you know, whatever it is that's, that's around what the government can offer. Let's, let's, let's look at that. So yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah everything that we will talk about I, yeah I, hmm. and again we I promise if you're listening to this and you're thinking you know let Talitha tell us about what the disabilities in New Zealand and how you live with those but I'm again I am just it's your story is fascinating and you are a leader and you're inspiring and I you need to I just need to hear your story and everyone else does too so as well as your job and your kids which you raised on your own um, I know you Correct. have a I, I know you have a partner now, but you are a single mum, and you're living yes. with this disability. Terrifying, I would imagine. Um, so, as well as your job that you have now, you also what is your company called that you started? Is it? It's, it's not a company. It's it's literally just a support group. I make no money from it. It's not 
to it's not anything that profits from anything anything that i that anybody that requires any support i give to them i raise i do fundraising i will give whatever if somebody donates me two dollars that'll go directly into into printing off more things to give to somebody who has a condition i i got some of these from china so if anybody would um would have would find me it would be alert myasthenia gravis so it's just a a note to say hey look i have this condition just be aware of that Mm. um and so it's it's non-profit i don't i put money in i've put everything my whole life my whole gumption into it but yeah i i yeah i don't know i the more i the more i see about disability the more passionate i get to, about it so mm. uh and it, and it's not about disability it's about ability through adversity so, I was gonna. I was gonna ask you that because I thought, hmm. oh, I don't want to say the wrong word. Do you still say disability in New Zealand? Yeah, is, is that not right? You do, you do, but I hate the word. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't like. I bet I, you do. Yeah, yeah. I don't like the word because it is. It's so limiting. Yes, it um, is. Yeah, I'm sorry I, for saying disability. I should have asked no, you that. No, I don't beforehand. even. I there's no. I I don't know. I mean, there's there's challenge. Uh, able yeah. I I don't know what is something that fits but I yeah I I have I have a, a disability but I don't let it disable me no as, no as a person um it makes me stronger my weak it's actually really funny because my weakness makes me stronger and yeah. uh yeah so I mean the definition of a disability in itself is uh, includes anything that's long-term mental, intellectual, sensory, um, in which uh, in interaction with various barriers may hinder um, the full and effective participation in society. I mean, this is like the the Doctor Google yeah trans- yeah just transcript. Uh, which it's which allows for equality of somebody with the same age, the same standing who doesn't have who who doesn't have that limitation um in society and then it would be on an equal basis with others. So then if you don't have that, then you know you're considered to say it's interesting though, because when people say disability and especially when you see the parking permits and all that, it just says wheelchair. And it's it's like well if you don't have a wheelchair you mustn't be disabled. It that is like it's yeah. one of those miscon um, misinformation. It's incredible. Yeah. It is so. because when you when you think of disability, I mean I'm talking completely ignorantly now, but this is what I think is when when you think of disability, you think of people who can't walk or who can't they need a wheelchair or they need help, but but actually. I don't know this for a fact, but I would imagine like depression is a disability, isn't it? It's something that's stopping you from functioning in real life, you know, like is causing you to not be able to function properly. And you never, well, I never think about that. It's like you say, you always think of the wheelchair or like, you know, the person with no limbs or something. And you just, you don't think of the wide range that it covers. 
And I agree. I don't think it's right that it should be disability because looking at you, you're like, oh, it's like you're, you're like, you're up there, you know, it's just like, no, ability, 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 ability. Like, you know, it's like, I know. And your ability. Yeah. And your ability. Yes. I mean, yes. Okay. So you may not, you may not be able to walk or you may not be able to do something you may have things that limit you but what is it that you can do yes. what is it that you do want to do what is your passion I mean you might I it, it, the world's your oyster and it really and you do have constraints to live in uh or restraints to live in that within that uh within that situation that your body allows you to but you know you don't have to spend every day of the work every day of the every minute of the day saying woe is me I can't do this one thing so therefore everything else is is not useful it's, yeah it's like yeah there is a lot about everybody that anybody that can be useful everybody yeah. has such different talents did you know that one in four people in New Zealand have a disability well, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. One in four. One in four. And 35% of over 65s. So that's a lot of our society around. Yes. Yeah. I mean, when you're sitting at your cafe and you're drinking your coffee, how many of those people have a disability? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That you don't see. I know. I know that. Yeah. And again, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like because they're not sitting there with one leg, you think, you'd never know you never know what's going on and what they're coping with and how they're coping with life and no such a good point but also I mean people have a some people have a genetic predisposition for a condition and they I mean mine isn't genetic mine's not contagious mine's yeah, it's neurological I mean it, it it happened it just happened uh and, but I mean, a lot of people don't actually realize that they may end up acquire something later on in life, or they may have a child with a condition because the two genetic uh, mixes have mixed to create a child that now have the symptoms of a of a something that has uh, that has varied in in the genetic pool. Mm. So it's it's you 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 never know when these things no. will or should or could or will occur yeah. you don't you just don't it, that's life yeah yeah um okay right before i yes. promise you before no 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 not yet before i promise you we're going to talk about how traveling around new zealand on a plane with disability we're going to talk about support networks we're going to be talking about just the community and group about living in new zealand with disability but I want to say, because when I got chatting with you on the on the Zoom call that we had the other day, just to like introduce ourselves in person, um, when you were talking, I thought, okay, this woman is just, you know, you, you've got all this fantastic information. But the thing that comes over to me about you, Talitha, is that you are the epitome of Kiwi kindness. And that is a huge, huge, uh, interesting, just, fascinating subject to me about how the people of New Zealand just give 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 and it's not just like and I'm not saying oh yeah maybe one or two as a nation the New Zealanders are just they're, they're just giving 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 we've talked about it so many times 
but you are just one notch above that. And you're just like, you are, you are. And don't you snort like that young lady. And <laughs> Sorry. Don't, don't you, don't you try and pass me off. Um, you are one notch above that. And I am, cause you're not going to, you're not going to mention this because you're too humble. So before we jump into all the stuff about living in New Zealand, and it, I want to say, I never knew that in 2015, you were nominated for, you were shortlisted onto the New Zealander of the year award in the local hero category. Why didn't you tell me that? Why didn't you brag about that? <laughs> Years ago, uh, no, it was, it was, it is something that I'm really proud of. Um, you should be. You I, should be I got very... to the top 10. I, oh, got that's the, I got in the top 10, which is, um, I'm. it is one of my greatest achievements, I think. Um, I feel incredibly proud of, of that and that was for the work that I had done through MG and Z uh and I yeah I I that was it was incredibly humbling to be able to be nominated for that and I got nominated and it was it, it just kept going through and kept going through and it's like oh, I just I can't believe it and that yeah it was it was incredible because you said that you said that you were you were so shocked because you were just doing exactly what you loved to do 100% which isn't that always the way it's just like oh yeah it you shows. go with your passion you just you do, go with your darling. passion and you, you never you never work at that point you know so. Be, okay yeah that I just wanted people to know that because you never told me and it was like really like you know come on this is incredible and I knew I knew the minute I met you that you're very oh, very yeah, that thing. <laughs> oh, what, <laughs> doesn't everybody get there <laughs> oh well so well done you well done and thank you for everything that you're doing and yes right now thank I you. promise I will jump in so we have talked about the definition of a disability haven't we yes um let's talk about traveling around New Zealand with a disability because we get lots of people coming over to New Zealand either moving or on holiday either you know with themselves finding themselves less able or with people traveling with people who you know are also yes. struggling so let's talk now, about that yeah absolutely I uh I have been around the world I mean as as you know because we uh, we communicated uh prior to me going but I I have been multiple times in and around New Zealand and outside of New Zealand so I have traveled overseas now one thing I would give a couple of points of recommendation for these and that is always ask for assistance so if you if you are going uh, short distances or Long distances, especially get it if you're going long distance. No, no question about that. I, when I go overseas, uh, I always carry a medical certificate. I go to the doctor and you will never really be asked for a medical certificate, but it is, re although the travel agent, when she was booking everything, because I had 16 flights that I was going to, because mm. I went, I went around, <laughs> I did quite a large, a large trip and I uh, I needed bang 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 because some airports are quite small and so you you can walk I can walk short distances sometimes I can't walk short distances but um, when I'm well I can walk short distances but not long distances and sometimes 
distances, say if you've been to Singapore Airport in between everywhere, it, there's long distances in yeah. between things. And, and you know, when you get off the plane and you have to walk up that 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 rail that um just that 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 can make me I can get to halfway up that and then stop walking so yeah. I find that uh it it can be or I or actually I I have to turn around and walk backwards because it uses a different muscle group oh okay <laughs> and, and so because then it doesn't use the front of your legs it used to be anyway that can it, I, I walk in weird places and you can walk sideways you can walk up you can walk anyway I'll and, be watching for you at that airport. I know, right? <laughs> I I get assistance. So, um, it's... so in New Zealand airports, is that readily available? So, if you were flying yes. from New Plymouth to, yep, yeah, it's no problem. You can just call Correct. someone out. Okay. You Good. you ask when you uh, when you're booking if you if you can book, and there there should be a little tick box down below and it'll say do you need assistance always put yes if you decline it when you are there and you feel that you can manage then just say to them I'm I'm okay I I don't need it uh but then they know that it will be there and then they will have a wheelchair for you at the other end or they will have uh options for for uh for if you if you need a lift to go into the plane the planes are getting better I believe uh with with accessibility so yeah they just just talk to the the plane about your needs okay so uh that's always always necessary another thing that i found was if you can upgrade i would so uh i if you can fly premium or if you can fly business if you can take the opportunity to bid for a higher uh for a higher grade of flight if you're doing long distances then do so it makes a massive difference okay. it is very very worth it uh i it so when i flew in the difference between flying economy and even premium or business you you get that time to relax a little bit more you get the time to uh, to recover and not squeeze in into tiny little room you you know in, in that tiny little seat you get time to uh, sleep more and and that can be life-changing especially for someone like me who who needs that I it was really funny actually I'll tell you a funny story I went to uh, I was in one of the airports I can't remember who it was and I and I had a ticket, and it was one of those times that I that I went on, and I think it for a hundred euro, I I clicked on from uh, from premium to business, and it was massive upgrade. But anyway, and so I was able to go to the lounge, and by that stage, I I really needed to, and I I was going along, and I was getting pushed, and I said I need I need to find uh, the the business lounge, and they said oh. Oh, they said, oh, I need to find that. I just said I needed to find the lounge, and they said, oh, oh, it's it's down there somewhere. Like, just just keep going, keep going. And I was just like, oh, okay. And then they and I said, I, I, I don't know how far it is. I need to find the lounge. 
And I said, so how far roughly? And I just started asking more questions. They said, let me look at your ticket. So they took the ticket. They saw business and it was like Jekyll and Hyde. They were like, it? oh, excuse me, ma'am. Come uh... with me. It's right here. And I was just like, hmm, <laughs> that could have saved a whole lot of stress. But Yeah. And where was that? I can't remember which airport it was. Just <laughs> somewhere, yeah. yeah. I can't remember which one it was, but I think it it was, it, I think it was in America somewhere. But mm. and, uh, Oh, well, there it, you go then. It, no, it might have been Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was, yeah, I don't, I can't remember. I did a lot of flying at that mm. point. So, um, so it is really, I did my research as well to know, especially Christchurch Airport, is bigger than you think it is. And I've got to a point where I was, I thought, oh, no, I'll be fine and not take my scooter. And then by that stage, I was getting, I had to walk down the 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 path to go to the plane and then back up to the plane. And by that stage, my legs, my legs start off like that, but then they go like that and right. they end up, they end up, sort of and my husband almost had to sort of lift me to <laughs> to get me onto the plane it was like well oh, next time yeah. we'll take your scooter shall we that was a bit further than expected so yeah in that situation I don't I wouldn't recommend leaving it too much um but in general you find that the help for uh, people in New Zealand is just perfect. it's great is it that's perfect good. what about Love compared it. compared I mean I know this is a bit off topic but compared to the rest of the world what do what, what did you think um I yeah no I don't I I, I found that it was everywhere is pretty good oh actually. that's good that's good yeah there wasn't there wasn't a country that I didn't feel that it was particularly bad um yeah you do That's get good. on the plane first yeah, yeah i was, yeah, I was gonna wait. yeah <laughs> i was gonna say do you get like special treatment because you think you think that people would give you special treatment like you know like upgrade you for nothing like you know because it's like okay no they don't upgrade you for nothing <laughs> no it's not it's not fair that is it they should no yeah. yeah, it's not. You're not allowed to go in the aisle. You're not allowed to go in. Um, you. I mean, you have to go in the aisle, and because you, you're a liability if you go next to the, next to the window, which I don't mind because you know, and yeah. uh, and then you can't go in the exit aisle either. So that's where the, all the leg room is. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, messy. Yeah, so they won't put you there because then you're a liability. So. Oh. <laughs> and what about when you? When? Oh, sorry. Go on. Go on. Oh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, so always calculate and make sure that somebody tells you, if, is it going to be five meter walk or is it going to be 500 meter walk? Yes. Uh, those are the things that you you just drill them for a little bit more information when you yeah. are there to see whether you can cope or whether you can't cope. Um, but another thing is always, always, always put your condition on your travel insurance it doesn't matter whether it is a a, a mole or I don't know what it is like yeah. if, if it is something that is health related always declare it it is so so worth it to do that they they do want to know they want to know for a reason if you don't declare it something happens then it's on you mm. really mm. but they do insurance will go out of their way to help you if um if you can but around New Zealand 
Yeah, ask. There, there's another, there's another thing around not only flying but around New Zealand. Uh, depending what your, what your level of need is, uh, there is a Facebook page which I, which I go on, which I think is incredibly good, and that is um, the Accessible Travel Forum. It's a Facebook page. Uh, I stumbled across it not long ago, and I. I love reading it because people give real good reviews. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And it's, it's send me the link for that and I'll put it in the Ah, description. Yeah. 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 It's review after review of all the different areas. People say, what about this? And what about that? And you can look at photos online about things. People will say, this is said to be accessible, but it's not. And uh, another thing that I, that I like doing is Google stalking. So I go onto the Google Maps and I see for myself what is considered accessible and what's not considered accessible. Another idea is to ring them beforehand if you're going to a if you're going anywhere, even if you ring the information center, if you if you're going to somewhere generic and say, can you please tell me is anywhere that is specifically um accessible where would you recommend I go sometimes uh they will they will say something's accessible but it's not hugely accessible yeah I mean the scope of accessibility is massive though so it is about doing your research about where you um where you're going and I always find just ask people yeah ask 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 people within the communities from your support networks from from people in the area and just say hey look you know this is where I'm gonna go now I have I have a little bit of a um an interesting uh plan that you know how I said that my my I'm I'm really really into this whole disability um advocacy and disability I love travel. Okay. So my husband and I, we have a camper and we love to go to dock and ours is fully, fully, uh, fully like, you know, enclosed and everything. So, but we like doing, but it's not accessible. So we are in the process of designing and well, we have bought a van um, that is fully accessible to oh. turn into to turn into a fully accessible camper for people that we know or that can hire it or that we don't know how this is going to work yet but we that that do have a disability they want to go just to the beach for a night and it will be set up for a power chair what so, a brilliant idea what a brilliant idea there's no yeah. stopping you. I know it's great. Oh, that's fantastic. That's a great idea. That really so good. So that's something that we are uh, watch we this have, space. Watch this space. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, um, can I just yeah. ask you what? Because someone asked on our community about the 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 cost of you know like healthcare with living with a disability in New Zealand. Like, assuming they're residents, like you know, because obviously if you're coming overseas and that's all a different story. But if you're just here on holiday, but say if you're a resident, how, what what is it all funded by? By by you know regular healthcare or do you need private yes. health insurance? It is no, right. it's 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 on the government and uh for the for the important things it is it is really it is funded yeah. and uh and if you do have private medical insurance 
sometimes they recommend you actually jump to to um, public health care just because it's going to be cheaper that long for in the long run yeah really um sometimes if you have to have major operations and uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna put you in a in a position where your where your life is uh in jeopardy so you know if you need to go to a and e you go to a and e and and a lot of times i mean i've been in hospital basically more times than most people have had hot dinners and it's you know, and spent a lot of time in hospitals, and um, yeah, you can do a trip advisor on on different hospitals around the country too. And it's like hmm, their menu has changed, and <laughs> you know, so it's, but it's um, I digress. Oh no, um, yeah, yeah. So it's covered by public health. It is covered by public yeah. health. Yes, yeah. and I will talk to you a little bit about the funding of that as well. Um, in a couple of minutes so yeah uh go on then go on tell us about the go on. tell us about the funding what got okay i'll tell i'll tell you a little bit about the funding so um what i'll say first is about the if you are coming into new zealand and you have a disability and you are here and you know you're setting your life up and which is all very which is which is perfect and uh or if you are here for a time and you something happens and you acquire a a, a disability not not necessarily an accident you know that that you will recover from but something that you that you won't recover from and something that happens whether it's genetically based or whether it's a predisposition or uh or any of what i've what i said prior about the definition of what a disability is there are social i mean it's it's really interesting it is really important to some tips and tricks <laughs> of yeah. being in new zealand go and uh, access your social services go and find out who and what is in your town around the social services there's a lot of drop-in centers that will offer you um will offer you sort of maybe social workers or people that you can go to that can give you advice on where to go and what to do within your town. Uh, it is really important to book into your doctors early. Go and find a doctor who has space, book in early, go and do an introductory uh, an introductory appointment and just say, this is who I am and this is what I require and this is, you know, not saying oh this is this is what i want and this is what i want now but no just to say hi look this this is who i am and this is you know and as uh, some doctors if they're really good enough if it's really a rare condition they'll go oh i don't really know much about that but it also gives them time to learn about that as well so it gives yeah. them time to go away so when you come back and you're actually not well then they'll then then they've had that time to to do their own research about that and also to get maybe a referral to a specialist. So you can do the same thing with specialists. Uh, if you are requiring any uh, any equipment of anything, then they will give you a referral to an OT, which is an occupational therapist. Or if you need ongoing physio, they will give you a, a referral to a physio, physiotherapist. There are lots of social networks around the country, uh, depending on what your condition is. So there's just, just to name a, a fraction, there's like the rare disorders 
New Zealand. So that covers a lot of different things. Of course, there's the uh, there's the Muscular Dystrophy Association, which covers 70 conditions. And um, you've got MG and Z, of course. <laughs> and then you <laughs> That's get the best me. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there is there is the the you know things like the Blind and Low Vision, the Diabetes New Zealand, the MS Society, Stroke Foundation, uh, Arthritis New Zealand. There's deaf clubs. There's clubs. There's there's yeah. a whole lot of different things around. There's also Workbridge. Now Workbridge is is a pathway into the workforce with a disability now they provide two things so they can find you a job that will be adapted to your to your um disability and have already spoken to employee employers that are willing to take on somebody with an impairment or something but they but the job is is there and they are saying yeah it's not going to make a difference it's all good bring bring it all in or alternatively if you do have a disability and you do have a job they can give you assistance they can provide a funding and assistance for you to maintain your job so uh so that is that's great i was going to ask about yeah i was going to ask about working in new zealand with you know with disability words like, i wanted to know if it, there was any like prejudice or that they, they had to follow certain procedures and so that's really really great to know that so these these people help you find that job and adapt to that job is that right correct yeah. yes the yes. other and... the, the other thing to letha before i move on i just want to because it's in my mind so if you going back to the healthcare and the cost, say if you I was living in New Zealand and I had a child that needed um, a breathing apparatus thing, you know, that you needed and you went to the doctors and they're like, OK, yes, this child needs physiotherapy and it need, she needs a breathing thing. Is all that free or does do you pay for that? There are certain aspects and certain things that are free it depends what it is. It may be a cost in relating to mask um, replacement, but that can all be funded under under different uh, aspects. But yes, yes and no. So I, I'll say just to keep it generic, uh, I'll say some things do and some things don't. How, however... Uh, that I'll I'll talk to you about the funding uh, a little bit more well now, but I'll just I'll just say one thing before I jump onto the funding side of it. If you require like a medical alert button, something that you have to press, this is not a medical alert button. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> but a lot of people have it around their neck, and then if you go into a problem, then you then you you know press the button. Um, but if they uh, it's actually really important that if you've moved to a town, then to give the, uh, if you go to the fire service or something, or the fire service, or if you need an ambulance, or if you need anything uh, like that, it's sometimes quite interesting, or it's, it's actually quite important, and a lot of people don't actually think about this, to make to register the house, say, with the fire department, and yeah. to say, I have a disability, I've got, only got one way, one exit out of the thing, here is, this is what my disability is. So if there is a fire in, in your house, and they are called emergent, uh, immediately, it'll come up with, awesome. this person has 
a ramp this person has this we are looking for somebody in a wheelchair um be prepared for this uh, also that another aspect of that uh is if you have a if you have a CPAP machine or if you need ongoing oxygen or you're on a cough assist machine let them know about that as well because let the power companies know about that as well and then they will have that on record that if you need constant power yeah yeah uh, that's a really good I'm, tip yeah uh i'm i'm yeah i'm i'm not going to say any much more about that at this point in time but that's uh but that is always good to register your place and your health needs with your emergency services that's brilliant. Uh, and, yeah, I wouldn't have thought of that, but it's true, isn't it? Like, and I didn't think about that with the power as well, because, like you say, you have a power cut and you're you're on something that requires to help you breathe. That's yeah, that's that's yeah. Really so good the emergency services could be aware of that, and also like there's a there's a book that you can get from CCS Disability, I think, or to say um, it was and it, I think it's what they put out in initially, and it's called a health passport. It's a book. It's a and it is basically all of your medical information in one place that you have written in to say do this is what I like this is what I don't like this is what's going to be effective this is not effective for me and it's a personalized version of your of your disability and it's really really it's a it's a quick look um, that anybody who is in the medical field that may be able to that may be helping you at that particular time they will be able to see a, just a quick brief version of what they need to know at the time also another thing if you're telling the emergency services um what your what your medical situation is it's so important to tell them where the speak spare key is because if they know that there is somebody in there with a with a medical uh issue they may not be able to access the front door a lot of services will kick your door in just to get you out right and but if they have access to a if they know where the spare key is then they'll use that yeah yeah it's a bit easier isn't it <laughs> it'll, it'll cost you less in door hinges yeah. <laughs> so i mean just just a couple of tips and tricks yeah of, that's of, brilliant when you're coming into a new town, when you're coming into into New Zealand, uh, it's o it's okay to let this uh, to tell them about that. Yeah, and to say, hey, you don't have to tell them your whole life story. Just say, you know, where the key the is. Yeah, yeah, where the key yeah. is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a wheelchair. I may not be able to jump up and you yeah. know and do this, or I have a medical condition. Please don't rush at me, or don't you know. Yeah, I mean, it could be anything. Now, we have, in New Zealand, we have, uh, our government has changed, is in the process uh, from last year to change in for a disability sector uh, in, within our government. So exciting. You may, be able, you may have heard the word whaikaha briefed around on the news occasionally yes yeah and yeah. yeah so that is the change of the disability sector coming in until it has established fully which i mean you with anything in this life you have to allow time to do that so uh but it is an incredible advancement which is incredibly exciting for anybody in the disability uh sector but 
they will be going under the Enabling Good Lives, so the EGL uh, principles, which is, in a nutshell, allowing the person with the disability to have more say of how what they need and how their life would be a good life right um because a, yeah under under old systems there's a lot of people who will will get given maybe something that from that they'll be eligible for something and then they'll say okay so I'll have home help but they may not want it as much or it may not be as useful as what somebody else thinks that it would be so if somebody looks at them and says okay so what is it that you know I think so if I'm sitting here and I say I think you need three cups of coffee and I think that you need um I think you need a sandwich right now and you say but I've had 12 cups of coffee today and I I don't eat bread and I say no, no, but that's what I'm going to give you. So how much useful? How much use would that be? So it's yeah. it's it's a little bit like that. So now it's the opportunity. So the enabling good lives is the uh, is the switch around that to say, what do you need? They say they tell you what they need rather than the other way around. Yeah, and it's well, it's a conversation. It allows the conversation to start, yes. and yeah. uh, and that is, and it's it gives more of the voice to the person requiring or what they need from that service so in saying that the enabling good lives is functioning in uh already in waikato in christchurch and in the mid-central region oh, and that's been, fantastic i've been under that system and i know it works and i love it uh so under other areas within the the new zealand look under the NASC system and see what you're in, what you can get and what is in your area. And that is the needs assessment and service coordination. So someone will come into you, have a conversation about what you need. Of course, everything is changing. So they're looking more at the holistic way of, in the enabling good lives yeah. um, in the sector. So that is where your government funding comes in. And then they will, they will, um, apply to the Ministry of Health and and see what you can get. There is also uh, don't ever forget work and income if you uh, if you aren't working or you need to go on a benefit or if you have a child with a disability, then you can apply for a child disability allowance and that's not income tested. And so right. that is extra money that can help. And also if you are working and you're under a certain level of um of income, they can they they're there to help you top up your they, there are benefits and, and extra things, even if you are working yep. to be able to help with that. And including things like a disability allowance that can help with doctor's visits and you know and payment for prescriptions and bits and pieces. And um, yeah, I mean, of course, there's lots of benefits that are tailored specifically for people with a disability um, mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah, it's not it's not the be all and end all. I mean, you're never going to um, make a lot of money when you're doing these things 
you know on on benefits or whatever so working is always a yeah always a a a primary option and you'll Um, put all that you'll send me all the links and i'll put all those links in the description about you know these like you say the companies to to contact and to look out for and things like that i'll i'll put all those in the description so people have got them because it's it's a lot to remember isn't it it is a lot to remember yeah but it's a really positive it's really great because you just think yeah how would you cope you know how would you top up your income how would you do those things so it's good to know that New Zealand is is providing people with that yeah it is there's also there's something else as well like when you go into a into a new community it can take ages to integrate into that community so I mean my recommendation would be to not be afraid of stepping outside your door and going and uh, and, and maybe joining the Lions or the Rotary or attending and volunteering at your schooling events. And I find something that I find is that New Zealand is really based on volunteers. And most of the work that is undertaken in New Zealand is volunteer-based. And if you don't get an answer about uh, where to access any of something that could be personal for you that you may need assistance with or not just assistance but information about a certain aspect don't be afraid to keep asking like one person if somebody comes back to you and says I don't I don't know then don't say that don't think that nobody else knows because they'll you keep asking someone will know yeah eventually (laughs) yeah it's a good way to meet people too. <laughs> Start a conversation. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really good tip because I, I would imagine it would be very, it would be easy to just become isolated and just think, oh no, you know, I'll just stay in because even without having a disability, it's hard to go out of your door and join these clubs and things like that, isn't it? It's not easy. Mm. Um, but mm. like you say, it's it's good to know that there are these things around New Zealand that you can join and just feel part of the community and have that support around you. And just to ask those questions, get all that information that you need is a great tip. And you never know. I mean, there might be something sitting in someone's shed that you might need in the interim while looking for it, while, while waiting for an appointment for an occupational therapy to come and do an assessment or something. And and somebody might have a piece of equipment or something that, that you can borrow or yeah, you yeah. can have that they're like, oh, I don't need that anymore. Like, let's just take that. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> it's the Kiwi way, isn't it? It really okay. is. <laughs> <laughs> make do let's just yeah. get there. <laughs> yeah 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 so have I asked you all the right questions have you is there anything else that you want to share about living in New Zealand um I don't want to keep saying with disability now because I'm really paranoid about it but yeah just no, don't be paranoid it is I think it's very much a personal I mean there isn't too many other words I mean it's like able uh, I like that name that you, you said can... the government are bringing in. What was it? The the, the that game. No, the the other what you just said about the new government was they've got a scheme and it's called. Oh, the enabling good lives. Yes, I love yes. that. Now that's I nice. Know. That is, is really nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it really does enable people to live a good life. Yes, and uh, and I'm living proof of that. I. I would like to say, I mean, I have accessed everything I could possibly 
access, but I've I haven't thrown it away. I have I've utilized it and I've I've made it work for me. And I uh, I would have never imagined twenty years ago when I was raising my children like I was that it would be that that how how much New Zealand has come along in, in disability support. And uh, people don't look at you, I find, because, I mean, of course I say that I, I've used a scooter and I do use a scooter occasionally when I need it. But when I, I find people to be incredibly polite and they will open doors for you and they'll see you they'll see you coming along and they'll see that there's um I'll tell you a funny story I was off um I was off doing the the um where was it the I was off doing shopping and I came along <laughs> I came along and I and I was I literally I was having such a bad day and I and I was taking my groceries out of my uh out of the back of my uh, out of the, the, the sorry the trolley and then putting it into my car but by this stage I'd already been out of the car taken all the things taken it out of the trolley put it on the on the you know on the belt been through done it all and so my yeah. energy had drained anyway and so and I was having a really bad day and I was coming along I was like you know anyway and then this, this little old man and with a little walking stick and he goes do you need a hand dear he goes Aww. you look you look really bad. <laughs> he goes, "Do you want it? Do you want a hand? Do you want me to do that for you?" And I was like, "Yes, please." Oh yes. Oh. And it it was just that moment of kindness yeah. that I that made a difference for me because I was able to just let him put my stuff in my car, and I was able to sit in my car and just stop for a minute, and. I just sat there until I was able to get enough energy, enough of to to go through my next day of just driving home and and yeah, putting the frozen's away and that was it. And then the rest and or getting somebody else to help me with everything else. Mm. And it was it's those moments of kindness that make a difference. But yeah, in saying that, always ask never assume that just because somebody is struggling that they need or want your help yeah so yeah it's uh, there's some definite no-nos <laughs> yeah that's a good point that's a yeah. good point is just ask oh would you like any help with that oh what a lovely old man that's lovely that's so nice yeah it's nice to know that there's still gentlemen in the world and just like there you is. know just yeah I love it I absolutely love it yeah me too so, oh, I, so before I let you go, um, I mean, like I say, you're incredible. You're, you, you, you are the epitome of New Zealand, just a true Kiwi, a true Kiwi. You've got a very get up, let's get on with this. Let's make this positive. Let's help others. Everything that is good about Kiwis, you are. Mm. Um, if you, if, if, on a personal note, if what would you say to someone who has who's suddenly been diagnosed with, um a, a, an illness that's such as yourself when you were in 18 what what would you say to them if they just thought oh that was it. it's like you know everything's going to be hard everything's going to be difficult is there anything you would just like to pass on simplify simplify now just okay absorb learn 
simplify and then build on that. Look at what you can do, not what you can't do, and educate the people around you. Create a system and an environment around you to to enable your life to happen, not your ability, not your disability to take over. Mm-hmm. So your whole life is not about that disability, but it may be for a while. But allow, don't don't hold it in. Don't. It will be an emotional journey. I know that when I have I have a, an occasional well the uh the occasional um relapse and my body never recovers however to the next level and so I go through that grieving process again and just know that's normal and simplify and then when you have found your level of uh when you've found your level again when you've found all the turmoil of trying to get your head around it build a little bit one step at a time and uh and create your life don't ever think that your life is over don't think that you that you can't do things because you just you you don't know what's around the corner yeah you really don't you haven't you haven't you haven't met that part of yourself yet the the part of yourself that goes okay so this is what I've got, but who can I become with that? Or how can I not let that take over, but how can I let it become the the springboard for who I am now? Oh, and my. make it a better yeah, make it make yourself better. Um better in mind I think helps even if it doesn't help in your in your body I mean better in mind body they do say that 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 is linked but sometimes that doesn't work but I think the better your mind is the more you can cope with the Mm. day-to-day I love I I just love what you say about be look forward to the person you can become Mm. you know after you've done that grieving and just just look oh I love that that's such good advice that's that's so (laughs) that's so so mindful so just so you <laughs> so you to be yeah really I, lovely yeah I would have never thought that I would um be so happy I'm, I'm incredibly happy and incredibly grateful mm-hmm. um I mean don't get me wrong my whole life isn't like springs and flowers and roses with butterflies all day it's it's not like that I mean but it's but it is about my perception. It, it, it's a, it's about, okay, so I'm not going to give up here because, yeah, my legs don't work. Yeah, my arms don't work. Yeah, I I feel like I need to go to sleep. And, yes, I do may, may need to sleep a lot more than other people or I do need to stop. And I, I can't cope with a, with a lot of extra things. But that doesn't mean that I don't value my life or my day or the people in my life. I think I, I value people more. So, oh, um, thank you so so much. And on that note of being tired, because I'm sure I've kept you far longer than I should. Because I was like, oh yeah, let me take 45 minutes to an hour, and then I'm like bombarding you with all these questions. No, I love it. <laughs> so I would just like to say thank you so so much for coming on today and sharing your wonderful optimism, your knowledge. You just your energy is just beautiful. You are just you make me proud to be a Kiwi. You really do, and I am just. 
honored to, to know you. So I just say thank you so much, Talitha. And we'll catch up with you again sometime in the future. We will indeed. Thank you so much, Liz. Okay, darling. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. We have loved having you here with us. If you love this week's show, please share this with your friends. Send it to anybody you know that wants to think about moving to New Zealand and get on over here yourself. And tell them how brilliant it is as well. And also, if you haven't signed up for our free five-day video guide showing you what life is like, really like, in New Zealand, then go over to the website and sign up. You are missing out. This is brilliant go over to www.nzahead slash free and we will send you five days worth of videos about what life is like in New Zealand. You are going to love it. So one more time, that website that you need to sign up for the free five-day guide is www.nzahead slash free. So we're going to see you next week. Until then, have a great week and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Say bye again. Bye. Bye.